Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Hello and welcome back to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stoner. Thank you for joining me again. We are approaching uh, 100 episodes. We are on episode 99. And I am going to try to put together a show of best. I'm going to go back and look through the analytics of which were the best episodes that were listened to by the most people and try to grab some clips out of those and see if I can put a best of together for the hundredth episode. I am obviously thankful for all the people that listen and send in emails and request books. Just uh, last week, I Gosh, sent out a lot of books for people who were on the show and they they wanted books. So it, again, I have tons of free books. If you like the, my book, Blue Collar Gold, How to Build a Service Business from the Dirt Up, it was an Amazon bestseller. If you've been following me, you know that I have a big bunch of books that I cannot sell. The publisher of the book went out of business. So I've got all these books that came from bookstores and I need to give them away. I would ask if you would support a, a, a cause that is near to me called Sweep Away Cancer, and we donate 96% of all the money that comes in uh, to directly to people to help them pay their bills, to help them pay whatever they need to pay, they, you know, go sweepawaycancer.com. And we donate to everybody who has an issue. They do not have to be in the chimney sweep business. So if you'd like some books, send me an email, mark at markstoner.com. Say, hey, I'd love to have, I don't care how many books you want. Tell me how many you want and I'll send them. And then don't make a donation, please, to Sweep Away Cancer. And uh, it's a great cause. So that's my public service announcement. Uh, you know, the last couple of weeks have been a lot of business courses at my business and um we are learning a new business for us. I have a online training program called Surefire and I'm partners with it. And we went ahead and stepped into the virtual training world. We did a lot of online training, but not live virtual instructor led training that also had a zoom audience, had a live audience, and sometimes even had zoom presenters. We had a symposium, had about 10 speakers that were, you know, talking about all kinds of great things in uh, business. And if you would like to know about that, send me an email too. Even if you're not in the chimney business, it, we weren't really talking chimneys at all. We were talking insurance work and how to grow businesses and how to know your numbers and all the things that, that you must know to build a business. So we invested quite a bit in equipment and knowledge. And now we're into the, you know, educational technical field of virtual training, which has been really interesting and fun and a uh, big learning process over the last couple of weeks. Cause last week we had a business symposium and this week we have a technical four day technical class on, um, you know, basically it is chimneys and a lot of uh, technical information that my uh, employees need. And, and it's always good for me to hear it as well. So it's been a very busy week. Had lots of people over at the house and uh, had lots of great uh, things, stories, had a good time. Tonight we went out a couple uh, good friends of mine's birthday, both have birthday on the same day, Matt and Dennis, and we went out and had a great time with them. Also this week, I got to be the guest on a 
thing called Night School with Do the Damn Thing Nation. And they are a, you know, gosh, there are probably 80 people on that thing at least, 60 to 80. And they are the hungriest entrepreneurs I have ever been around. They are absolutely on fire to do business. And it's so exciting and refreshing. They they come from all backgrounds, all struggles of life, um, and they are all just very passionate. And, you know, I'm in the blue collar work, and I don't know that we're as passionate, excited, because uh, we, we know what the work is, and it's, it's work work. They are a lot of coaches and a lot of, a lot of different things that they're, you know, that they do. And so they are, it's just refreshing because they are so excited. And I just want to talk about some things that a lot of them, you know, are frustrated because they're so small. They started small and in a, a phrase, I think it might've been Dave, Dave Ramsey or somebody said, you know, don't despise small beginnings. You know, that's where you learn the most about you, your product, You do a lot of things, you tweak it. There's not a lot on the line you're trying to figure out. And a book that I love for that time of life is called The Power of Broke by Damon John. And I recommended that to my good friend, Tiffany Largi, who runs Do the Damn Thing Nation. And she said it was just revolutionary for her to to hear him talk because she's also in the clothing t-shirt business. Uh, That's one of her side businesses for her for her brand and just hearing how, how he hustled that brand and end up being FUBU, you know, to a huge, uh, you know, conglomerate and uh, a huge business. Uh, so the power of broke is really, really a good book. If you're a small business of any type and understand to not despise the small beginnings, a lot of people just want to be a lot further along than they are, but they don't realize they just have a lot of lessons. They have to learn to be bigger. You know, this one lady was talking about, she asked me on it. She said, well, what do you think about me starting a dessert truck, like a dessert food truck? And I said, okay. I said, well, let me ask you. So one, do you know how to make food right now? Do you know how to make, are you making desserts now on a high level and catering them or selling them or, you know, people are begging for them? And I don't think she was. I think she just likes to make this dessert. And the idea was, I like to make this dessert. All my friends that try it think it's delicious. So I'm just going to start a dessert truck and go, you know, like food trucks. And I said, well, your friends are always going to tell you it's delicious. They they are not the same as trying to sell it to uh, uh, the uh you know, the consumer that is not your friend, they, they treat you completely different. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the food business with chocolate. And of course, all of our chocolates, when we had people try them or I'm in barbecue, people love it. It's the best ever. Well, it's different when a customer really pays for it and then judges you on it. So I said, first of all, the thing you should do is make sure you know how to make the food, make a lot of it and people love it and they'll buy it out of, you know, rent a commercial kitchen and do street fairs. Uh, you know, saw them on Facebook. I have a friend of mine that does cinnamon rolls and she started off. I remember she's making cinnamon rolls. She posted on Facebook. Hey, I've got four batches of cinnamon rolls. Come get it. Last, right before Christmas, I saw her post and she had two huge tables 
of all these cinnamon rolls. Like, right? So she was doing it on a small level, make sure she got her ingredients right, of her methods right. Like, don't launch out into an $80,000 food truck and try to figure out if you, one, like doing it, and two, got a, pro- a product that people will buy. And she's like, okay, that's that's good. I didn't think like that. I thought, I want to do this. I want to start a business, and I like making desserts, and let's go. Well, good, but start small. Start super small. Start on your front porch. Start on you know a street fair. Rent a booth at a farmer's market. Like See if people go crazy for it first. And then try to branch out from there. Don't go into a bunch of debt and then figure out if you've got a business or not. You know, my chimney business, I had a piece of crap truck. I had decent equipment and I didn't have crap, anything to start with except let me go knock on doors and see if people will let me do the work. And it built up from there. And even after I've been in the business a long time, when I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, the first truck I bought was a total Toyota minivan. And it was a piece of crap, and but it was all I could afford, and I wanted to make sure I had proof of concept and that it would work, and that I had something. And I, I mean, I stayed small for so long, and a lot of very successful companies and businesses were small a lot longer than you realize. So don't don't despise small beginnings. And so another person on the podcast or on the you know on the Zoom meeting said, "Hey, you know I." What do I do? I'm broke. I don't. I don't have very much money to start anything. And I, you know, I've been doing these this this business for a long time, and I, I still don't have any money. You know, what do I do? And I said, well, and when I said this, the whole the whole Zoom meeting they went crazy. They they I started seeing it on memes on their Facebook page. I started. I they all just stopped in their in in the and they're talking and they said they stopped in their shoes. And what I said was money is a result of your effectiveness. And I just said it like that. And they just went crazy. Cause I don't know. Some of them, it sounds like they hadn't really heard that, that thought process that, you know, money is a result of how effective you are. And if you're not very effective in things, I don't mean busy. I mean, I've got plenty of people that are busy, but they don't have any money. How effective are you? And like, what do you mean by that? I'm like, well, I'll give you a quick example of effectiveness that is very simple to see on a on an almost daily basis of somebody. If you go to a restaurant and you and you order and somebody can't decide on what to eat, and you guys have been sitting there and talking for 15, 20 minutes, and then the waiter comes to them and they're not ready. And they're like, Oh, you, you everybody else go, I'll, I'll go last. I can tell you right then that is not an effective person. Effective people make decisions fast. They move fast. They decide on how to get things done as quick as they can. Now, I'm not saying it's always right. I mean, you know, I got a friend, uh, my Jim, who who's with me tonight, and uh, you know, he's a planner and he's effective. But I can tell you this: watching Jim work, he's always working, and when he's working, shit is getting done. Things are getting done. It's not pie in the sky. It's not maybe this will work or not. He's either researching or doing all the time. He's extremely effective. Um, I am very effective because I get a lot done in a given day. A lot of things get done. A lot of decisions get made. And I don't put a lot of stuff off for, for later. Like I'm not procrastinating on decisions. I'm making decisions right now. 
if something needs to happen, it happens right now. Let me do it now as now is the best time to do anything. So money is a result of your effectiveness. If you don't have money, it's pretty much going to always be your fault in what you're doing with your time, what you're doing with your off time. Like, you know, I'm pretty much doing some kind of work every night. Even when I get home, I'm doing, working on something. Even when I get home, I don't have to. And so if you want to be effective, what are you doing at night? I've said it a hundred times. What are you doing when you get home? Um, are you reading? Are you listening? Are you making notes on stuff? And last couple of days, I, I, we had these trainings in my, in my, at my company. And I watched, I watched people in the room almost make no notes for, you know, for, it's been a couple of days and they took very few notes on what the instructor was talking about. And I just, it's hard for me to believe that you could retain all that. I mean, I, I know for a fact you probably can't, but some of the more effective people were taking notes and I'm always taking notes when I'm listening to somebody talk. I mean, I am always taking notes and I have to refer back to them. And I'm, I'm like, I just, that's a level of effectiveness. When you listen to something or read something, do you take notes? Do you make, you know, highlights on it so that you do remember it and you can use it again, you know, shortly? So how effective are you? How effective is your day? Do you get a lot done in the day? I can tell you not every day I don't get a lot done, but in general, I'm getting a lot done. And some days a lot of stuff happens and some days not a lot happens, but I'm always working for that. Um, I think effectiveness, being effective, um, is probably just the daily checkbox that you're getting something done. And another thing I told them, I'm like, if something's not happening, you've got to get out there and shake the money tree. You've got to get on that phone. The money tree is the phone is basically what I'm getting at. And if your business is starting to slow down, you've probably got a lot of past customers that you could just pick up the phone say, hey, we're having a special on this product or that product. Or, hey, last time I talked to you, you were interested in that. Do you want to pick up that conversation and, and get going with that? Like in my business, there's a lot of times I have millions of dollars of open estimates. We went out to the house. We found a problem. We diagnosed it. We gave them a, bit, a proposal. And the customer didn't need, said, you know, they probably said, oh, yeah, we'll think about that and get back to you. And they never do. Uh, or we give a proposal and, you know, they, they say no, but later on they realize we were right or, or who knows what. But if you really want to make, if you're really worried about slowing down or you're getting more money, I promise you, you make 15 phone calls or 20 phone calls, something's going to happen. And a lot of people just want to wait for the phone to ring instead of calling somebody and have a conversation. And then also figuring out what you can do for them. So, you know, when you when you talk to them, say, hey, I was calling. I know we gave a proposal on XYZ. Um, I'd seen if you need to still need that done. We're having a special right now. Or I just wanted you to know our prices are going to go up in about three or four months. Wanted to let you take advantage of the prices. And then, or, hey, I don't know if you knew we did this, but, you know, we do X. We do outdoor living space. You know, we do outdoor, you know, masonry repairs. If you happen to need anything or know anybody, we're just letting you know that, or like for me, I've got a new HVAC service. So, hey, you know what I mean? Like if you want you want to get more, shake the money tree. Shake the money tree, which is the phone, make phone calls, have your people make phone calls, and you're going to be surprised. Now, people don't like to do it. You're going to get a lot of voicemail messages. You're going to get a lot of no's, but you're going to get some yeses, and then those turn into dollars. So, 
you know, how effective are you on the phone? And when you start being effective, you know, maybe you got to call a hundred people and then realize what your script needs to say, you know, see how effective different scripts are and see if people respond better to a discount versus the, Hey, uh, prices are going to go up in six months. You know, make a tick mark. Okay. I told 50 people it's going to go up in six months. I told 50 people they could have a 20% discount, which one worked better. And then, you know, make your script better. You know, when you, when you keep it short or you go into detail or you offer new products, like what works for you. And and then you can make a decision on, on how that, that just makes your, your phone ring and your, and you get more money. That's just how it works. So, um, I got a big, a couple exciting things coming up this week. And, um, next week I get to speak in Florida at a, um, at an event for a distributor. And in fact, it was a John Meredith has been on this show and it's his, his product. I'm the keynote speaker for uh, the kickoff of this event, this multi-day event. And he was the first person to ever ask me to speak in front of a crowd. And he, he had his first event and he said, Mark, would you be my headliner to kick off the, the event? And I'd never spoken to a group and I just, I wrote down, you know, my story, you know, all the struggles. He said, I want you to speak for two hours and I want you to take the morning session. I want you to tell the people your story and what you went through. And I did, and I was nervous. And I, I basically told everybody all the hard stuff I went through and how I got through it and how it happened. And it became a thing that kind of my story of uh, the one man operation for a long time, then to getting hurt, trying to sell the business, starting over, started over, built up a bunch of employees, had to fire everybody, start over again. That that rings with a lot of people. And this is going to be it was 2010 when I told my first story. When I told it, it eventually became the book in 2016 and it, um, it became part of who I am. And in that, you know, I will forever be grateful for John for letting me, um, you know, for him asking me to tell the story because it helped a lot of people. A lot of people say, yeah, that was me too. I ran a crappy business. Yeah, that was me too. I had all these problems with employees or I wasn't a good leader or I was terrible with my numbers. And, um, that connection, you know, helped me with a lot of people. And I feel like it has helped a lot of people over the years know that other people go through this too. And this is just a stage that you've got to figure out to get through the next stage. So I'm super excited to speak to the heat shield event. I'm going to have a week down there. I think it's half day training and other half of the day or two thirds of the day is just fun. So I'll have a chance to work on the podcast and get some things together, but always an honor to do that and get into and to uh you know do my hundred hundredth episode i did also i had some really uh, cool thing happen today about a year and a half going on two years ago i i saw the new chevy corvette the 2020 model it's a totally different design if you haven't seen it it's now a mid-engine car and it looks a lot like a ferrari um, or a McLaren. It's a, it's a totally different looking Corvette. And I'm like, I, I, I always, I didn't love Corvettes always, but when I saw that, I really loved it. So I got in line for a Corvette, I think in about March of 2019 for the 2020 Corvette. And they said, you'll probably get it. 
February of 2020. Well, we all know what happened. Well, in January of 2020, GM went on a strike for two months. So then they come off strike and they're not open very long. And then they go on break for COVID and they shut down the factory. So the 2020 Corvette is one of the most rare new cars ever um, for GM. And it was a brand new model year and they didn't make very many of them because they shut down for COVID a couple of times and they had a strike. I was number, let's see, there was 14 going to be given to Nashville at the dealership I was at. I was lined up to be number nine. So only seven of, only seven 2020s came. Miss Number eight bailed out. So I was literally the next guy in Nashville to get a 2020. Well, never came. So then um, now I was kind of first in line to get a 2021. They had another shutdown around Christmas. And so finally today, um, I got a call and the car is in and I went and saw it. They still got to do dealer prep, but it's so cool. I'm super excited to see it. I've never had a car of this caliber, like a sports car and um, all my employees know that I've been, you know, very excited to get it. And some of them are as excited for me to get it as them. And, um, I just had to share some good news about, uh, something, you know, a little payoff for the work and the grind and things. And it's nice when things are working, um, on the, on another front before I close down, you know, we, um, I've been working on, uh, buying a powder coating operation, uh, just South of my office. And I got some big plans for the powder coating operation, moving my metal shop into there. And then in a couple of years, building a new building for my chimney business. And the great news is that's all, it's all going along really great. The bank has been talking to us back and forth about what we got to do. And that is really moving along pretty well. So 2020 is shaping up to be a really exciting year. Um, you know, I know there's a new president. I have already not liked a couple of the things he signed into, into, uh, into, you know, law or executive orders. Um, a lot of them don't affect me, so I can't really watch it, but I just, I don't like some of the things that are being said and done. But I've said it over and over. I've done my civic duty. The best thing for me to do, the most control I have is about the guy in the mirror, Mark Stoner. I have to look at what he's doing and play by the rules of the land. The land the rule is ruled by um, a party right now, and I have to just put my head down and move. And I'm glad a lot of people are excited. It's neat to see people excited, even though if I'm not excited about it, I like that they're excited. Honestly, I just hope that it, I just hope that somehow this country can try to get together in some ways. And I just, but it's not looking like that. It's looking like the now that the left has it, it's going to be very, you know, very much their thing. They're going to run it, not really worry about anything conservatives may be wanting, which is honestly half of the country. You know, it's very closely divided. So, which means the harder they run to the left, the more the people in the middle will swing back to the right. And it and it's just the nature of, of, of politics that it's going to go back and forth. Um and I hope it just doesn't get to, you know, too many tragic things happen. I, I would never hope for that. I hope I would never hope that he fails. I would never hope that it's it's a miserable presidency. I hope he, they don't fail. I hope the country does well and, and we do well and 
And, um, you know, I, I hope and honestly pray for that to be, to be a good thing. So, um, that is about my time. I, uh, I want to thank everybody again. I want to encourage you to donate to Sweet Boy Cancer. We're getting a, we're not low on money, but we've had a lot of donations go out recently at sweetboycancer.com. Go there. Also, if you want books, email me, mark at marksoner.com. And I, I just want to end it on uh, a little thing I'm doing right now. I've entered into a transformation challenge at my gym. Uh, you know, the typical weight loss thing. I've gained my COVID-19. And um, I just, uh, you know, I had the heart surgery and then the hip surgery. And I, I got a little soft. And so I'm pretty excited about I'm getting up every morning at 4:10 a.m. and I am I, I got to leave at the house at 7:35 to get to the gym by five, and then I have an hour workout and I'm down about seven or eight pounds, and I plan on losing about 25 pounds would be a really good place for me, and I can do it. I just have to I have to put my mind to it and stay off the sweet stuff and uh, exercise and it'll come off because I just don't want to get old being too heavy. It gets, gets hard on you when you get older. And uh, so that's, so wish me luck and uh, tell me some of your goals. Email me com and tell me some of your goals for the year and tell me how you're approaching it and uh, tell me what the, what the plan is and uh, why it means something to you. And I'll, I'll read it on the show. All right, guys, that's my time. I super appreciate you guys help staying with me to almost 100 episodes. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.